Hello, this is Minute 31 of As If, the podcast about Clueless, where we talk about Clueless minute by minute. I am the improbably named Park Parkinson, your host, and with me today is Jody Doyle. As If. And oh, Megan Sunday. Hello. Our minute today starts with uh, Cher and Dion and Ty chatting about setting Ty up with uh, Elton, and then... Um, Ty walks away and, and Cher and Dee chat for a little bit. And then we get a montage set to All Right by Supergrass of a sort of friends situation. Uh, some some pictures by the, by the fountain. I want to know what Amber is wearing. And I want to know why. Amber is wearing my parents' old couch, uh, which she has... As a turtleneck. As, as, a, as a turtleneck, thigh-high tights or thigh-high socks, a, a matching... Skirt that I suspect was made from dust ruffle of said couch and <laughs> and gloves. I think she's got fingerless gloves on that are that are underneath going up inside the sleeves of the long sleeved jumper thing that she's she's made of the couch. It's weird. Which she's also rocking some pippy long stockings uh, pigtails there. I was, um... but she definitely has to have wire in. Yeah, there's no way that's standing up. That. Just... She's, she's got wire in, in her in her braids for them to do that. Even a whole lot of product is not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was and doing a... some research on the old IMDb's, and um, one thing I discovered was that the costume designer um, they had they wanted she wanted to keep the uh, wardrobe cost low, so the wardrobe for this film was uh, cost was two hundred thousand dollars, which I assume is low. It seems like a lot of money, but she said she mm-hmm. wanted them to look like mall rats, and not like they were all wearing designer clothes. So, yeah, the most expensive dress is the um, first dress that Cher <coughs> was wearing, the white and black one. Okay. Um, it's a some designer outfit and also Cher got given all her outfits at the end of the play at the end of the movie and she gave them all away to charity oh um, um silverstone you mean got yeah 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 okay, Alicia yeah. silverstone sorry let's let's work to separate the character from the actress here i, I know she <laughs> disappears into the part jody but i mean amber takes a lot of fashion risks I mm-hmm. think maybe more so mm-hmm. than, than Cher and Dion because they're still very, you know, obviously very trendy, very trendsetting. I don't know if they, they, they always work, but I mean, coots. I think, I think <laughs> Amber is there Amber. partly to give that look because Cher and Dion, like, they, their looks are maybe extreme in type, like, they carry a look as pr- fairly far, like, the schoolgirl thing most of the time, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe the skirt is a little bit shorter and the leggings are a little bit taller and the, the, the heels a little bit taller, but they're not wearing like weird cuckoo stuff. Yeah. Um, and they do look like mall rats. Like they've spiffed up to look cool in front of other teenagers. Not like, yeah. not like they're hitting a red carpet with any other stuff. She's there to be the redhead. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a blonde. Well, yeah, there's that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have we have all of the we have all the ethnicities. There's blonde, brunette, redhead, and Asian. Yeah, Asian. <laughs> what one Asian in this scene, which is great. Yeah, we have one almost talking Asian role. You, you said, Jody, you were saying later, later summer, 
speaks. So, she does have a few lines, yes. But here she's just a, a prop and a montage. Just for the listening audience, I'm half Asian, so I always look out for the um, Asian characters, and it's always nice to see one pop up every now and then. Looking out for them sounds like you, you, you take care of the Asian characters. I do, I do. Look out for their well-being. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, you know, apparently Hollywood of the 1990s wasn't doing a very good... Not like now. Now everything's oh, better. Oh, yeah, like now. Yeah, oh my yeah God. everything's better. Total diversity yeah. is already done. Like We don't even need to talk about it. It's, it's already a thing. Thanks, ScarJo. Uh, <laughs> yes. So I would say, I would add, just before this, we get, you know, we were chatting a little about this before in our, our pre-recording talk, um, some kind of deviousness from... From Cher and and Dion, after Ty walks away, they've convinced Ty that Elton thinks that she's sweet, uh, that he was scoping her out, and then um, Dion asks Cher, "Is that true?" And Cher says, "No." And Dion says, "Oh, you're so bad." And they have like a little conspiratorial chuckle with each other. And I don't know, it's, it really did make it seem like they were, they were getting off on being manipulative. I'm a fan of bad puns, and, but, I mean, even to me, that her, uh, her line is a stretch. I can't even remember what it was, but uh, the toothache line. They're hip teen slang. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, that was from last minute. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he no, that's from says you're minute. giving him a, you give him a toothache. And she's like, what do you mean? Oh, okay. That's this minute. Yeah. That's this minute. Is it this minute? Yeah. See, I mean, it's, it's, it's just an, it's an extension. It's the same thing that they did. It's the same thing that Cher was doing with, uh, Mr. Hall and Miss Geist is the old, oh, so-and-so likes you. What, huh? Yeah. Like so-and-so told me that he thought you were really cool. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to argue that, you know, you should play with people's emotions as as a rule but i i do think that i think that this is actually more almost good-hearted than Cher was doing with the teachers because this time she's not you know getting any grades out of it <laughs> i suppose no, it, it, uh, i i wonder if the, in the way in which she's graduated isn't i'm being more thoughtful and humanitarian or more like now instead of actually doing something because i want something out of it i what i'm getting out of it is the thrill of Pulling people's she wants, strings. She's trying to help Ty out, and part of her whole thing, like like we've said, is that, you know, Cher thinks that a version of Cher's life is the best life, and while Cher does not have a boyfriend, she knows where she would choose one from, so she's going to get a good one for Ty. And why wouldn't Elton like Ty? I mean, they've made her so adorable, and they, they think she's, you know, they do think that she's sweet and that she's nice. She also, I mean, maybe Cher a little bit more than Dion, but... I guess that, I, I don't know. I don't know. I do wonder yeah, that what... I can't be what cynical is... about this movie. I just, this movie is just like a cotton candy fantasy to me, and I just... Oh, um, I think so actually, joyful. It really makes you wonder about, and I wish one of us had read Emma, it really makes you wonder about, is, is there that subtext explored in Emma where is Emma getting off on manipulating others as much as she is... You know, getting off on the idea of creating love and of making people happy, and I, and those aren't mutually exclusive either. I I know people, mm-hmm. I know teachers who certainly enjoy opening up young minds, and at the same time are sometimes kind of autocrats who get off on like owning a room and getting people to do what they want them to do. You know, I mean, you can be, mm-hmm. you know, I I would say most virtues are are or most vices are virtues carried too far. And you can be both of those things. You can have that as a, um, you know, enjoy manipulating people and also 
want the best for them. Her main reason I just remembered for bringing up Elton is to distract um, Ty from Travis because like Tra Tra Ty was interested in Travis in the last minute and she's like, oh no, we need, we need a distraction from this. If you go with Travis, you'll go, that's a, that's a slippery um, slip down into being a Lodi. That's why she brings up Elton. Is it, are you saying are you saying it's a it's a it's better to date than to burn situation? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if if she's going to be interested in something, somebody sure wants her to be interested in one of their group, not one of the, mm -hmm. the losers. Yeah, they're the only acceptable guys. They yeah, explain yeah. Well, yeah, I clearly are. the 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 son of a, I guess like a, like a concert promoter or something. Is is, yeah. de is definitely way better than a than a a, a local Lodi. Elton does have a huge jacket. I think this. I think yes. I think the the we talked a little about the size of boys' clothing before. Uh, I think there is a similar to like the Catholic Church, where like how authority is based on the size of your hat, and I think there is a similar <laughs> situation here where the higher you up on the, the higher you are on the t on the male totem pole of the school is is. is Signified by the size of your jacket. Mm, mm, <laughs> most certainly. We should talk about his I, eye, eye roll as well when Sher asks him to put her arm around. Oh, it's so clear that he's not into this. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing it for Cher. Yeah. His eyes basically go right to the back of his head. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just so obvious that he is not he is not into Ty. He is not enjoying this. He's fine where he's when they're all taking pictures and you know so because we should say who's there. So aside from Amber um, with her pigtails and Summer, who is aside from being Asian, I don't know if we know anything else about her. Um, she's the most normally dressed. She's like got like a flannel and like a white shirt and pants and not chucks but like similar. There's Dee and her boyfriend um, Scrubsy and uh, Scrubsy McScrubs. And there's uh, Elton, and then Ty is like sitting in the back, on like the back yeah. left, you know, not involved. And Elton is right there. If Elton liked Ty or gave a crap about her, yeah, he would be doing that himself. He would be, you know, motioning her over. And I don't think that it's he's against the idea. He's obviously having fun in the photo shoot, and I think before that, when the, the first set of pictures, he's got his arms around Amber or Summer or one of the other, you know, it's clearly like, oh, we're all summer. buddies. Like, yeah, he's, it's summer. Summer. he's leaning and then, forward over Summer's just, lap, I think, or over Summer's leg, yeah. But not poor Ty. No, no one seems to be trying to pull her in, except for Cher saying, come on, come on. Mm -hmm. Even when, like, the girls are all, like, in a row, like, no one's trying to get Ty really in. No one's working to get Ty into the shot or make her feel. Dion and Murray are like doing their own personal photo shoot in the corner. Like they're the, being the super couple. They are really like, into each other. Group. Clearly, yeah. We're in a group, but we're we're dating. Yeah. Have you noticed we're a couple? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that and in high they, school. Don't they, doesn't she have some kind of wardrobe malfunction or something? And then they like spend a couple of seconds trying to fix something up or she falls off the seat or something. There's this little weird moment. There's a scene where it's like picture. in between pictures where they're all. They're all primping and like, uh, Elton is like pulling his bangs forward. And, uh, <laughs> they're all having their like between photo primping session. And they're like, they're figuring out, I think, like just how to smile. From the way the montage is cut, it makes it look like Cher's taking pictures of all these things happening. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it did to me anyway. When you hear the like, I don't think we see Cher take a single picture ever again. No, no this is the this is her hobby uh, that she never has in the rest of the movie. I mean, I don't think she develops her own film or anything because this is before. This is not a digital camera, kids. Kids who are listening to this, I guess. You had to drop film off has, at least. She has no way of knowing how these pictures are going to turn out. It's in God's hands. Well, this was this song was used for a commercial that was just like this. There was a commercial really? for like Kodak or Nikon or something that was just like this. I swear it was like a bunch of friends taking pictures of each other while this song it played. Makes sense, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's very. We're all having a good time. Yeah, but that, it's perfect. This is another example of how good this movie was at picking music. In the yeah. '90s, we were all doing a lot of photo shoots with our friends. There were musical montages. This is how it was. Again, kids out there. Well, this again is. We don't know. This is also the intro to Friends. Given that there's no one else around, even in the background, there's no extras or anything, I do think they're all supposed to be in class while this is happening. Right, yeah. Like, th- if this were lunch, not lunchtime or something. There would people around. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all supposed to be in French or something, but... Maybe it's Saturday. Too bad. And they just can't stay away from school. No. Montages come before classes, I think, definitely. No, it's, <laughs> in, it's true. <laughs> that, is, that is the weirdest adaptation of the bros before hoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Montages before... <laughs> Montages before classes. Before you, have to, you have to say classes, classes to make it. You have to rhyme in there. It's 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 montages before montages classes. before matriculation. Matriculation. Oh wait, okay, so we're going for alliteration instead. All right, all right. We'll, go, we'll use consonants. Montages before matriculate or, or montaging before matriculating. Um, I decided to look up Supergrass. They were they were huge. Oh yeah, they were they were but, British, right? Yeah, British. Um, but they only had like a couple of successful, al- really successful albums, and they kind of disappeared. And I wondered where they went. And they broke up in 2010. Oh wow! Out. They just hung around um, without having another really big hit. They had they had the big hit in 2000 with that. I don't know if you saw the video clip for Pumping on the Stereo. Oh, it's a really great video clip. Okay. Um, uh, it, it sounds like they're singing "Humping on the Stereo." I can see you humping on the stereo. Great song, but the video clip has them with Muppet bodies using the Jim Henson Muppets, and that they're does really sound stretchy. familiar. They're really stretchy Muppet bodies, and they're they're playing their instruments with long, stretchy arms, and their legs get longer and shorter. And it's yeah, it's a, it's actually a really good video. Yeah, they kind of disappeared, and then they spent about seven years trying to do their last album, and then broke up in 2010. Um, due to creative differences, so that album never came out. So Supergrass, the sad story. <laughs> <laughs> you would have heard, you would have heard "Caught by the Fuzz," maybe that was a it was a. I, I remember them putting out another at least. I remember at least one. More, I know I know there were more than one, but I remember them putting out at least one more album after this that wasn't like when I was in college, like in the really early two thousands. Um, but I don't remember hearing that much from it. I think there were a couple of singles off this album. This was, this was definitely a big single. This was, Mm. I remember hearing this, besides being in commercials, I remember hearing this a lot and this being like, Mm. there was a video for this. I'm pretty sure that played on MTV for a while. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's our minute pretty much ends there. Our minute ends with, uh, the montage ending. Cher calls Amber over for, for a solo picture. Well, I guess... Mm. Ty. Ty. Sorry. Call Ty. We wish she should call Amber over because Amber has the well, outfit to remember. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she Amber calls. Amber would be like, hold on, I have to change. <laughs> I, 
I have a whole outfit just for the solo picture. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Cher calls Ty over for a solo picture, and that is really where things end. Uh, we just we get the montage of Elton getting Ty kind of pushed on him, and he's totally into it, but Cher is not going to stop. But I think he does playing. follow them. I think mm. we do see that this minute, is that Cher calls Ty over when they leave, Elton gets up and comes with them. Yes. Like, well, what's that about, Elton? Elton. But to to be continued in our next minute, uh, minute 32. Um, Elton's hair is a real flashback for me. I remember so many guys with that, that hair. Oh, Elton's hair, yeah. With the bangs yeah. he's pulling forward in the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, I mean, I think this is... Something about this school in the fountain is like a very classic 90s teen movie mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And the montage is definitely big. Were there... What, if you what, what are your other like what are your favorite other teen movies? What's related? What would you say like what rivals Clueless? I wouldn't say movie, but I'd definitely say Buffy. Like was just mm-hmm. so huge for me. Um, yeah, and it had a lot of similar tropes going on, and talking about pop culture things of the nineties. I th- I think in a way Buffy was the most realistic portrayal of high school in terms of what it felt like and feeling like feeling like everything was life and death whether or not it actually was and feeling like you know you were uh in a in a place of chaos and confusion where you know danger was lurking around and you didn't know what was really going on and the you know didn't understand the rules and there there did seem to be like you know there were the popular people and then there were hordes of victims yeah for me i mean buffy was definitely definitely huge cuz that that came out i think when i was in my sophomore year of high school um but for movies i think my two big ones from that time period which are sort of on opposite sides uh was clueless and also the craft oh i love the craft which yeah. Uh, which were both just sort of these ideals for both of them because it was sort of like Clueless was this like everyone's everyone's having a party, everyone's like cool and they dress really awesome. And then the craft is like, you know, oh, we're outsiders, but now we have this magic. like We have this thing about us that's special. And they were both just so I feel like I feel like they're they're very, very common. If you ask a lot of women that are the same around the same age as me, mm. they'd probably be both like, oh, yeah, no, Clueless, The Craft. Like, I think my friends and I could probably quote both those movies for ages. Um, and it's interesting because I think there are other things that were kind of similar. Like, I also really love uh, Empire Records, but that's not really about school. Yeah, it's, like, I mean, it's a teen movie. They're all a little older. It's a teen movie, but it's a... But... Yeah, but everyone always had much cooler places to hang out in their schools and movies. Like, we always would, like, have to hang out by, like, the flagpole. We have, like, a grassy area. <laughs> you didn't have that cool like, fountain. We're going to meet by the flagpole. Mm-hmm. I didn't... Um, in the gym. What's cool about The Craft and Clueless, it's a good comparison, is how much The Craft... How, the, story, the story is so similar, you know? girl. It's from, from Ty's point of view, mm-hmm. but... Um, yeah. Girl moves in from out of town and gets taken in by this group who kind of show her the ropes. They get her a boyfriend, in this case, Manon, and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, set him up and, and, uh, and, and have fun together. Um, and then eventually she has to kind of come into her own and, and learn how to deal with stuff on her own. Different sorts of results. But there's some similarity there. I was always very into 
I was always very impressed by the amount of independence that teenagers had in movies because I was very hmm. introverted and I really didn't go like, you know, you, you watch, you watch movies and people are always going shopping and they always have all sorts of disposable income. They're I was gonna say, I, th- I going think it's a class eat. thing. There's mm. that, but I think even on TV, I, I think, you know, there's still sort of this idea that like, oh, if you get an allowance, you have enough saved up to like just constantly go out. And as even just a 15 year old, I can remember watching something like The Craft where they just go shopping and it's like, they just have like 50 bucks. Yeah. Well, but <laughs> what even, is this world? even the, like the new girl who's not Christmas, even, even the new girl. And this is not true of like, um, uh, I can't remember her name, but, uh, 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 Frieza Bulk's character, Frieza Bulk, Nancy. Nancy. Yeah. Nancy. Uh, Nancy is, is poor. Um, and they, and I, I want to say they use like, like they do some shoplifting in that movie. Um, but the main character, like that's a nice house that they bought. She's got some cash. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those, a lot of those teens in movies seem to have like access to a car whenever they want it. Yeah. Like they just, they want to go driving. They just get the car and drive. And I think, you know, that, that works if your family is a two or three car family. Uh, yeah. if you, if you have, if you have if one you more have car, to, like, then you have parents help out around the house. Yeah. Yeah. No one ever has to do, if, even if they have to do homework, no one ever has to help make dinner or <laughs> pick up younger siblings because their parents are at work. Or if they do, that's you a know. plot point. It's like a special thing. Yeah. Like so-and-so can't like, you be You've got to pick up your brother today as opposed to every single day right, right. when you have to do that. Cause, For me, it yeah. was really weird because I grew up in a tiny little town of about 2000 people. And so, like, that whole idea of just, you know, being able to go to the shops and go around malls and stuff like that, it was just all, yeah, really like, wow, I wish I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) And then I I moved to the city and spent an enormous amount of time just walking around malls. Not buying anything, just walking (laughs) around. (laughs) Jody's Heaven is just a mall. It was. It was in mall. my like late teens and early twenties. I just loved hanging around in the mall. It was just like wow. I mean, I mean, I'm, stuff. I bet the kids in this movie, like you said, they're they're dressed like mall rats. I bet I bet their yeah. their heaven is not unlike an endless mall. Uh, Megan, what you were saying about um, women your age would rec- would be like, yeah, clues in the craft. Like they would recognize that duo. I'm trying to think of guy centered teen movies. And all the ones I can think of are sports movies. Yeah, it's very rare. Like some kind of wonderful is is sort of guy centered, but that's eighties. Yeah, or like say anything is both. But I mean, I would say that it's mm-hmm. it would appeal to a female market. I, yeah, there are definitely lots of movies with with male teenage protagonists, but they're not like I want to say a lot of those are not school movies. They're There's something. A, what, well, about teen, what about teen? What about nineties? What What about Teen Wolf, guys? Well, that's just it. Is that <laughs> and and Team Wolf is definitely a school movie too. But 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 a lot of them are like a lot of like the Last Starfighter, which is also eighties. But like there's a movie with a teenage male protagonist. But the point is that it's not a school movie. Like an amazing things, ha- amazing thing happens to the male protagonist who then goes away and does amazing stuff. It's not about like day to day life in school. In a way, the 
Yet they tend to be a little more fantastic. Yeah, you know, Teen Wolf. You know, it's what about the cop the cop idiom movie? That was a very oh, Dead Poet Society. That's the one. That's the one. Oh yeah. Oh, there's yeah, no, another yeah. example of like toy it's, soldiers. Uh, again, toy soldiers. <laughs> this is not toy as, soldiers. So okay, so 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 Dead <laughs> Poet Society is not a. It's not being sold to the audience who identifies with those main characters in terms of what the day-to-day life is like. Like, I identified with characters in Dead Poet Society, don't get me wrong. I did not go to a boarding school. Like, most people didn't go to a boarding school. It's not being sold primarily to people whose day-to-day life is like the life there. Not that most American girls have a day-to-day life like Clueless, but I think it's closer to Clueless than my life was to Dead Poet Society. And certainly, like... What was the one you mentioned, Jody? There was toy soldier. Toy- yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's it's those like normal teenage boy problems of I I like the pretty girl who doesn't know I exist, and also uh, toys have come to life and are trying to take over the world if I don't get together with the other toys. Red and Dawn. Stop them. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's Red Dawn, but like with CGI toys. Um, well, I mean, there's there's can't hardly wait, which. Ethan Embry is the main character, and that's that's a high school teen yeah. party movie. I just I I wonder if if teenage girls aren't I don't the fantasies that are being marketed to them are more like real life and more in a way more down to earth. No, is, because it's it's all about that it's the body image thing and and the getting dressed up and all that. Like they're all incredibly beautiful people. That's the kind of fantasies. That are being sold to the teenage girls for sure. I guess I, I think there's there's arguably something more mature about. I want a different kind of body, and so I wish it were like the attractive bodies I see around me. Versus, I want a different kind of body, so I wish I was a magical creature who turned into a <laughs> wolf every full moon, and and thus was awesome at basketball. Like there's. <laughs> There's just a slightly like explain that connection to me. You know, well, because are wolves are so good at, basketball. good at basketball. Yeah, yeah. You didn't know that? You ever seen a wolf oh, play basketball? I, I, it's amazing. It must be secret boy knowledge. That's what they tell you when they split up the classes in hell. Yeah, yeah. girls learn about uh, ovaries, and boys learn about uh, how awesome wolves are at basketball. <laughs> Did you never sneak across the hallway to see the other lecture? <laughs> I think I think we've exhausted our our minute and our question. <laughs> yeah, God, far enough off base. Uh, before we go, is there anything you guys would like to plug, Jody? Sure. Uh, listen to Turn to Page podcast; it's really great, and you may be able to hear me on it sometimes. Also, look for the Scrappy Sculptor, and you can find some art that I made. That's the Scrappy Sculptor on Facebook. Megan? Uh, I recap VC Andrews novels at trappedintheattic.wordpress.com. And yes, there are more than just Flowers in the Attic. There's actually like four more just in that series. You keep plugging this. You're <laughs> going to have to go and write more reviews now. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I, <laughs> I do. And this is good. Good guilt. I am a disembodied voice on the internet and exist only in this podcast. Except for except for previous versions. Of, yes, um, other other minute by minute or related podcasts for uh, other movies we have done. Well, thank you very much for being with us. Uh, thank you, Jody. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. Thank you. Uh, be sure to listen uh, tomorrow for our our last 
minute together, minute 32. We'll talk a little more about um, Elton and Cher and Ty and... Thanks for listening to this episode of As If, the podcast about Clueless. It is produced and edited by Darren Hustig, executive produced and hosted by Park Parkinson, with my guests Jody Doyle and Megan Sunday. Follow us on Facebook at As If the Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at As If underscore podcast. Follow us on Instagram at As If Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Shot Engine, or the podcasting app of your choice. Please rate and review if you enjoy. Clueless is owned by Paramount Pictures. No infringement is intended. All rights reserved. Copyright 2016.